And that's it. We're done. We're done. And that's a wrap. We're moving on. Sorry, Triangle, you've been replaced. <laughs> the acapella version. So is anybody else walking around like dead zombies today? Uh, every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the longer a conference goes on, the more tired and just kind of worn out you get, right? Well, it's like it seemed like like Nava was a shotgun of sorts. Right, because it was like two or three days of like very intensive, but also very focused situations where like this, there's more like decisions to be made. It's a whole week. You're doing some playing and then you're not doing any playing and and all that sort of thing. So I feel like I feel like I'm really start because I'm I'm very much not an introvert in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like the COVID lack of socialization is really i'm like oh no this is a muscle i need to regrow yeah. again yeah because yeah. like band camps are coming up and stuff like like salvation army conservatories right. and all that sort of thing and i'm like i'm gonna have to like do this and teach the whole time here yeah. in a little bit yeah yeah it's a lot it, i don't know if anybody else is feeling that way but like the exhibit floors were like i was like i'm sure everybody trying out mouthpieces is, is getting what they need but man the louder faster higher is really hitting hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really yeah. hitting hard <laughs> do they ever have like sticks can you ever like try sticks the same way that we try mouthpieces um yeah at, at um the pacic conference that they have every year um the expo hall is massive and there are always people playing forty and dust on xylophone constantly or hitting the drum set as loud as they possibly can so it's pretty common same kind of vibe but sticks vibe i see what you did there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so should we should we introduce our guests no no, yes, we'll just absolutely. we'll just keep talking. It'll be a mystery. We'll we'll keep it a mystery. They have to guess. Yeah, yeah. So you were just listening to uh, Jenny Wagner. Um, she is a percussionist with Fountain City, and um, all of our guests today um, are are Athenians, new Athenians. This is their first time playing with Athena, so we wanted to bring them in so that we could talk about uh, their experience. So next I want to introduce to you Amy Millison. Um, she just finished her bachelor's at JMU um, on trumpet performance. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going on to USC for her master's next year. Congratulations. Thank you. And then we have uh, Shannon Sheldrick. She is working on her master's at Oakland. Yeah. Yep. Um, and has taught for a bit in the middle school in Michigan. Um, so we brought all of these guests on to kind of talk about um, their first experience in Athena. And is this your first time at IWBC? Yeah. 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 Everyone. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. So that's super cool. <laughs> um, so let's let's. Uh, I don't know. We should we should we have three guests. We're not. Well, I'm curious. You, you said you yeah. taught middle school. Yes, I did. For a while. Mm -hmm. So did you do brass band before you started teaching at no. all? No. I went to Michigan State for undergrad, yeah. and they don't really have a brass band program. They have a, a ton of band programs and orchestra and marching band and stuff, but um, brass band just wasn't really. So what got you in to brass band? Is it just like a recent thing? or? Yeah. Um, okay. I played a lot of B-flat cornet in undergrad, actually, um, and I loved playing that. And then when I switched over to Oakland University for the master's program, mm -hmm. um, just the brass band vibe <laughs> is everywhere because <laughs> all the brass musicians take part. So it was kind of a fun switch. I played cornet for a little bit and flute and hornet this semester. So. so do you think that more people should start students on cornet over trumpet? I always, I'm always interested in asking tr uh, middle school people. Um, starting, I would probably say no, just because cornet is a bit 
more difficult to play. Yeah, than the hot takes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is uh, a popular opinion or not, but um, <laughs> uh, cornet just the mouthpiece bore and like the um, conicalness of the instrument. It's harder to blow through, and um, middle schoolers are so small and they already have so many issues with airflow and um, support and stuff. So I'd say probably start on trumpet and then switch them over to cornet as they get a little more experienced, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm just genuinely curious because I end up, you know, working at Salvation Army camps and they start very, very young yeah. on cornet and then also, but I, you know, I grew up in American band just like a lot of people, so sixth grade, I'm a failed trumpet player. Um, you know, and I always think maybe if I was on cornet, it would have, no, it wouldn't have, but it, it, it wouldn't have failed out any differently. No, because I started on cornet, and it didn't, it didn't turn oh, well, out there any you differently. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends in the master's program at Oakland, um, Alexis Dill, um, she's a wonderful cornetist. Um, she actually won, I think, a solo competition at NABA for cornet solo. Um, she started in the Salvation Army band, and I think cornet is her principal main thing so she's amazing i don't know <laughs> i think it just depends on the person mm-hmm. i know after last night's performance i think i'm just gonna quit no. <laughs> <laughs> i left out i was like i'm gonna go practice now <laughs> well let's let's talk about <laughs> athena you know all of you are new to athena you know amy what was what what was your initial reaction to playing in the ensemble uh, so when I got the email about, you know, asking if I was available, I was super excited. I mean, I just have known about Athena, but I just had never gotten the chance to like see her perform, let alone like play or sit in or anything. <laughs> so I was super excited. I mean, brass band is still relatively new to me. Um, I've played in the JMU brass band for all four years that I've been at school, as well as the Mountain brass band. So I've done, I've gone from like no brass band to just like full brass band. So <laughs> getting to expand my, you know, brass band opportunities has been really exciting and fitting in with so many amazing musicians and people has been a really great experience. Yeah. I think it's I think it's so cool. My first experience, I walk in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. these are all of like the female brass players that I've yeah. like looked up to and I'm like, and they're all in one room. Yeah. <laughs> totally fangirling. Yeah. And from the percussion side of things. Oh yeah. I've been wanting to play in Athena for a long time because so many of my bandmates have come through the band, and I'm just like, when do I get a chance? Because it's pretty rare for anyone sitting in a timpani seat in a brass band to give up their seat for any reason, because the mm-hmm. music is so addictive. Mm-hmm. So I was asking Jen, bugging Jen, and she's like, all right, I think we might have something, and she hooked me up with it, and I was just so excited to be here. And then putting together a test piece in two days was just <laughs> insane, <laughs> but I loved it. It was great. It was amazing. Percussion room actually we played it last night. Oh really? We yeah, Jimmy all of it or yeah. Okay. <laughs> all of you. Awesome. Like over overall, and I th- that hall I, I will say, the hall is like the marshmallow fluff of concert on uh, concert halls. Yes. So it just it, so with the percussion especially, it just kind of grabs everything and just levitates it up. And so when mm-hmm. you're sitting in the mezzanine, it's like very. Oh evident. yeah, my roles. I'm just like yes. There's nothing D could have done to <laughs> for the uh, that sleigh girl. Thing that she was like, she was like had it underneath, and she was trying to, and it was still like it was like sleigh ride. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rides come out yeah. over the top of everything. It's actually, um, I went to undergrad in Columbus State University, and Legacy Hall there was done by the same architect as the hall we just played in. Really? So I had actually had some experience with that kind of sound, mm-hmm. and I had to change a lot of things I had been doing compared to the rehearsal space we were in, mm-hmm. like mallet choices, where I'd mute them, things like that. But it was great. And I assume the room you were rehearsing in had 
noticeable that it is so like, no. clinically no. Like, no. <laughs> no. Totally What is up with universities and doing that? It was, I mean, it every was university so, does that. It was <laughs> such a loud ensemble, so like a, a such a loud ensemble rehearsal space that we, she, Jessica, just kept on saying quieter, quieter, mm-hmm. quieter, and we're just like. I have no warning. I have, I can't go down any anymore. And she's like, "That's a nice mezzo piano." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I have like one taste bud, you know, touching. It just it was oh. And the ensemble was, was slightly larger than a standard brass yeah. band, so that kind of added to it, which I love. I love what we're doing. Right, but it was that was a, a huge transition. And for me, sitting on the end, I mean, euphonium players can often feel like they're playing alone because our our instrument faces mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> and when your instruments are facing to the right and you're the furthest on the left, eh, it's kind of a lonely spot sometimes. Yeah. And then in that hall, I had, it, it, there were there were a lot of times when it, it really did feel like I was playing like a euphonium recital with occasional cornet accompaniment with some percussion occasionally peeking through. Yes. I didn't hear, and I knew, I, I know Jamie's next to me and she's playing and I totally trust her she's a she's a killer player but I'm like it would be it would be really nice to be able to hear another euphonium mm-hmm. right now and I kept on inching closer to her and I'm like I'm just becoming your best friend because <laughs> I didn't hear her until I was like almost shoulder to shoulder so I don't know if anyone noticed but like the the cornets were like nice and and like the edge of the cornets was nice and orderly in a row and then like two chairs further in I'm I'm there like shoulder to shoulder with Jamie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what I noticed with where you were sitting is when they were doing the awards, each person going past your chair kept getting closer and closer to the euphonium that you put on the ground. Yeah. Until the last one, and you were like, okay, we're done here. We're done here. <laughs> we're getting a little close. Yeah. Well, I knew that we were going to, we had already planned on, on standing up for Laura Leinberger when she won the, the Lifetime Achievement Award. And so I'm preparing because I, 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 I want to clap for her, but I, euphonium, like, so I'm trying to, like, arrange my stuff so that I'm nonchalantly ready to stand and There's nothing clap. you can do whenever they do something like that. On, and you're on that side of the band. No, the, the no. cornet players have no idea, but you're constantly like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just trying to look as and and trying to like look as unawkward as possible. Because anytime they take a picture, you're gonna be in that mm-hmm. weird position, like looking yes. over your shoulder. So I'm like trying to be like like graceful and like okay, because like, <laughs> like everyone, I'm gonna show up in everyone's picture, and I don't want to be like. <laughs> you know, for the picture, I don't want to be like gawking or anything. You know, so I was trying to be like, okay, um, and then they start the next award. I get comfortable facing the normal direction, and then they start the next award, and I'm like, okay, turn me around now. It's it's an awkward position to be. So because <laughs> I wasn't in the band, something I was thinking about while I was watching you all perform, I was, I was thinking like, you know, at NABA, it can be one of the most intimidating stages that you step on because. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, it, it, the NABA is a who's who of people that are in the audience, and everybody's like judging. <laughs> like, everybody's good. How are they compared to my band? Where are we going to yeah. end up? And the placements are so important to everybody. And even though I do feel like NABA is a very supportive environment, people do, you know, they, they, they are competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then here, it, we, we take, if NABA is a who's who, this is a like who done it. Like, it is a, a ton of just names that could be dropped. They're literally giving out lifetime awards right mm-hmm. before your performance to people who are sitting in the audience watching your performance. Mm-hmm. Um, composer, The composer of pieces <laughs> were in the audience that you were playing last night. Mm-hmm. Um, a- 
And so I'm, I was, but the vibes of this conference are very different. Everything's very uplifting. No one's mm-hmm. judging. We're just here. It seems like everybody's just here to enjoy. But the, I, I'm curious about like, it's a big room to play in. Like those are, those are some big shoes to step into to play in that. And, and were we feeling that at all when you all were playing last night? I don't know if anybody has any like particular thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say um, when Laura was a, receiving her award in that whole ceremony, I started tearing up and I didn't even know her before this week, you know? And that kind of speaks to just the energy of everything that was happening and like how um, kind of important everything is here. And it just felt, it did feel so completely different. And there was, the intimidating part for me was when Dorothy Gates was sitting right behind me when we ran through Hope the second day. And I was just like, oh, no. We've been through this piece like a run through twice. And then we have the composer just, you know. She's literally two feet behind me. And I'm like, all right, Jenny, let's do this, you know. Because she'll know everything I do, if it's correct or not. And that was it. But the energy was just great. And being on stage with all these women who have achieved so much and being part of Laura's legacy, it's amazing. can't ask for anything more than that yeah it was really wonderful just being able to work with all these musicians last Mm -hmm. night like um just sitting next to all of the venturing names um and like knowing about some of their career aspirations and things that they've done before and being able to talk about their paths and how they got there um it's really nice as a younger player to be able to kind of look up to those things that you see in other players and aspire to be great you know um I think it's I think it's interesting. I I want to hear your opinions, but I I think it's interesting. I I wanted to jump in on that because when when I was your age, when I was your age, <laughs> when I was your age, like people people say when when did you meet your first professional euphonium player who was a woman? And I always say, well, at a certain point I considered myself a professional euphonium player and that's who I met. Um, there were professional euphonium players. I just didn't, I just hadn't met any of them. Like, I knew Gil Robertson existed. I, oddly enough, with Laura Leinberger being from Ohio, I didn't meet her until Athena. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it happened. Um, but I, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't know that IWBC existed. Um, I didn't know that, that opportunities like this were there and so to have an opportunity when you're your age when you're your age <laughs> get it while you're young you know i would just kind of like you know get these experiences now because i'm like i i didn't have that opportunity and so i think there's a perspective from from those of us who are just you know maybe maybe a little more than 10 years older than me. i'm not gonna ask that but but i you know 10 15 years older than some of these younger students that we didn't have this experience and we're just a little bit older, you know? And so, and so at the IWBC, we're like, here, (laughs) let me give you these experiences. Let me, let me introduce you to these people. Let me facilitate this because it's so important um, to make sure that, that this younger generation has that. So what has your experience been this first Athena and IWBC, right? I think, you know, I was a little bit nervous coming just because, you know, it's my first time at actually a huge Mm -hmm. conference. I mean, NAVA is a, you know, a conference, but it's so short, you know, you're in like a couple days. Yeah, yeah. Um, So 
So I was a little bit nervous, but I tried to just approach everything as like, you know, this is just like a learning experience. It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So like I did one of the mock auditions and I was obviously really nervous before that. And I was like, you know what, this is just <laughs> going to be an opportunity to get some feedback. And so I was trying to approach that with like the performance last night, you know, it was a big haul, but I think because there wasn't like that competition aspect, it was a lot easier to just sort of approach it as like, we're just gonna make music together and you know we're gonna celebrate those in the audience and in the band who have you know received these amazing awards and we're just gonna you know come together and put forth like a great concert. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, this is a conference where um, you you have a noticeable difference of when these people go onto the stage because when they go on the stage they get a they get an overwhelming like round of applause as they're walking because they're so supportive everyone is so supportive of everyone else that that they don't even have to play a note and everyone's like yeah you go you know they're like cheering them on um, and then it's just even louder when they're <laughs> when they're done you know um, but I think that that's that's a difference obviously at other at other professional conferences they're still supportive but it's more kind of yeah you know um, it feels different I like what you were saying about the the difference from competition mindset to performance mindset. Yeah. Because it's, it's so difficult. Because I feel like it's so easy when you're in a box and you're in that competition mindset. Yeah. You know, because you're, tr you're trying so hard to play correct because, you know, somebody's looking at a score and following along. But that's not necessarily the most entertaining thing. And a lot of times in art, we forget that we are entertaining. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of times. And, and I think that... Uh, in, in terms of entertainment, especially the programming last night was, was evocative of that. It was, it wasn't just like a, it wasn't a very brass bandy concert, but it was very, it was still brass band. Like there was still a march, there was still fanfare, there was a test piece, like there was still yeah. the stuff, yeah. but like there was. <laughs> there was we are live. <laughs> but there's also a, um, but there, there was also like. A diversity in the way things were mm -hmm. like I really love the uh, I, I can't remember the title of it now but uh, the um, the piece with the poem where it, she it was very impactful where she sings freely, sings freely. there we go that was, my, I, that Lucy, was my favorite Lucy Pankers mm -hmm. that was part everyone of knows you spent enough time with me I am a huge fan of Lucy Pankers so look up Lucy okay continue I just had to get that slide that no I, I just that was that was one of my favorite favorite moments um, of the entire time, but like the, it, it was really fun. I mean, Gail's piece was phenomenal, and having her there. I mean, I you talk about when was the first time you met a, a professional woman mm -hmm. player. I'm blessed because she was a staple in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. and she's not only the first professional woman euphonium player I ever met. She's the first professional euphonium player I ever met, um, and she was my all-state judge. Like, like <laughs> I know her very well. So to get to yeah. listen to a piece, I she her piece got done. Y'all got done playing her piece, and I turned to Danielle Van Tynan, and I went and I just went, "We're buying that. Tampa's <laughs> Tampa's playing that. We're gonna we're gonna use it." Um, did anybody have a particular favorite piece to play, other than maybe the test piece for sure? Like, because that's the ones you worked on, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I did like persistence because I played crash cymbals on it um, for the symphony part, so it was fun to like kind of do something different. Than what I played on everything. Oh, did you sit on the stool the whole time? Well, yeah, I just all I the pieces. Yeah, or all you, the pieces. you and Tiffany the whole time. Mm -hmm. Other than except for that piece. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
I forget that this stuff they're like I see you all running around back there and I know you play two thousand instruments. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm always concerned. It just it gets handled. <laughs> you know, everybody's very professional. I'm just like, there's cool things going on back there. Yeah. I can barely play my one instrument. So God bless you. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. It was hard going from that to mountain song because I'm playing crash cymbals and then it's triple P roll for what twenty measures or something, and my hands are like, all right. Anybody else have a favorite piece? Um, other than the text piece, I really did like Mountain Song. I thought that the melody that we were creating was really kind of good. Did you try those? Put a lot of mutes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of mutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beating myself up a little bit about Mountain Song because I don't know if you've ever, if you ever do this, but, but just every now and then it will mix up my trigger and my fourth valve and I move my trigger instead of my fourth valve and had an, let's say an unintentional grace note in one of my solos. <laughs> I've never done that. You've never I completely done that. understand why you would do that. <laughs> and so I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, now that you've said it, it's never not going to happen. Right. It's <laughs> like, I just, it, it happens very rarely. But sometimes it does happen. And it's it's usually when I have a mute in because I'm, I'm focusing more on my trigger because I'm trying to make everything in tune because it just changes everything. So my mute was in. I'm playing, like, piano I have the solo I'm tuning every pitch as it's going through and I have trigger fourth valve mute solo. So, so much concentration on your left hand and it's, it's just too much concentration on my left hand and so I had a little a little unintentional uh, grace note and then I was like Ooh, wrong finger and for anybody who might be conf- confused maybe you didn't play trombone that's not what she's talking about with trigger her euphonium has a whammy bar <laughs> yeah, so uh, so the trigger is is um, my thumb on my left hand, and and the the fourth valve is is my my pointer finger, or sometimes people play it with their middle finger, and so it's just I I confuse the two for a brief second on Mountain Song, um, but uh, but I I did like that piece. I really I really I know that it's a cop out, but I really do love hope because um even though i was in i played in first section for naba um uh, i was working with san francisco brass band to try to um help them get ready for naba and so i had already studied the score and then i reviewed second section for naba for the bridge yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna do um <laughs> so after after uh, being after working with San Francisco Brass Band and then reviewing second section and then I'm like, okay, it's my turn, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it was really nice getting some money where your mouth is, right. kind of a right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So um, I'm sure Jessica felt the same way too. <laughs> she was on all of our tapes, just tearing all of us up, and now she's got to conduct. Right, <laughs> your turn, you do. Your turn. And, you, and judges don't get that moment very often, I guess. Do yeah. they? They yeah. don't get the. Well, how about you do it moment? And right. Then they do. Yeah. And you guys right. play phenomenally, so, you know. So I know it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it was just like, I really, after doing all of these things, and after studying the score and doing all this listening and everything, and, and then listening to the second section band, I listened to the section second section bands live, and then I listened to them two other times in order to, to do my review. Um, so I've listened to Hope a lot. <laughs> I think it was just really nice to get to like work with Dorothy and like 
hear her like talk about like what inspired her to write the piece. Mm -hmm. um, like that's always just a really great experience, and it's been a long time since I've gotten to do that with COVID and everything. So yeah. that was mm -hmm. that was yeah. really nice. I also really cliche. I really like marches, so marches <laughs> 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 fanfare. Like I just <laughs> love playing them. So yeah. Wait, were you part of the parking lot cr crew at JMU? Were you, were you part of the group having rehearsals on top of the parking deck? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were a parking deck band for a while, um, and then we were we got to go back inside. But yeah, the wind blowing, everything playing oh marches gosh. up there. Right on that Forbes parking lot. Yep, up like, in the top. <laughs> we got sand flying. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you use the um, like clothes pins? Um, we had a couple of them, but yeah, a lot of us were using like iPads and tablets to try oh, to eliminate yeah. that. If I can provide any advice, just go to Home Depot yeah. and just get plex just have yeah. plexiglass. plexiglass. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Because you, you think if you join any community band, you're going to play a 4th of July concert or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like no matter what you do. And like everybody's thumbing around like trying to like move things and you're just like, <laughs> I'm And then you just the you pull it forward <laughs> and then you move the music and then you just put it right on back. So um, there was some shifting in the program, um, and it still felt very, very natural. Um, and though the, you know, the the entire conference is such a celebration of people um, in general, but it seemed like, in light of recent events here, especially here in Texas, and it like mm -hmm. literally all I think a lot of us were like getting off of our plane and climbing out. Yeah, yeah. it was it was very, and it, I think it was a very special moment for us as an audience to have the impact of the way it was programmed completely unintentionally. Like, it's just things, mm -hmm. like, obviously, we, th that wasn't a plan. And just so much of, like, shine as the light and hope. And, and mm -hmm. so, you know, the, I mean, some of the line, I don't remember exactly the line, but, like, it's one thing to walk, it's one another thing to fly or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and then the poem and... You know, and it, it just really was a special moment of reflection and um, sincerity in mm -hmm. music that I, I think we forget about, especially at Brass Band because of the competitive nature. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment of just like, we're, we've been celebrating people and now we're celebrating humanity in so many ways. And that was, yeah. and as an audience member, I thank you, <laughs> you know, in, in general, it, it, was a, it was a very special moment mm -hmm. um, for that. Uh, was that impacted on the stage? Did you, what, did yeah. you feel that? I, I remember I, um, I, I remember that I was, when we were playing Hope, um, I, when, w there's like an interlude where, where it's the, the cornets playing Jesus Loves Little Children, and I just, I just closed my eyes. I was just like, I, I just had to take that moment, because it was just like, this is this is heavy. <laughs> yeah. This is like that moment. I mean, I I I know from from my particular background, um, you know, being raised in the church, having that that song, you know, just kind of, you know, for whatever reason, it just was like. <sighs> so I took that that moment to just kind of close my eyes and reflect on it, because I knew. I mean, I knew that it was coming, but it's entirely different when it when it kind of changes the meaning from the original meaning when Dorothy wrote it years ago to, to what just happened. And when Dorothy, I don't know if you, if you noticed it, but when Dorothy was, she came in and she kind of into the rehearsal and she was talking to us about, um, the, about the piece and she, she teared up. She was like, what? Yeah. And, and she stepped down emotional. and, and she was emotional yeah. on stage, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how can you not be? 
Right. I mean, I mean, I mean she, when, when did she say she wrote, wrote the piece? 2006, About that incident, yeah. and mm-hmm. here we are almost 20 years later, and yeah. we're still having the same conversations. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, to, how can you not be? That, that, that Jesus loves a little child. Were either of you back row doing yeah. that? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that is deceptively hard. Because it's just, mm-hmm. but it's muted, it's so sensitive, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's so, yeah. Just make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's beautiful. And if there's, if there's any, uh, if there's a, I mean, Athena is so supportive that, that um, I should, I should know if there's a, if you're, if you're going to cry in a brass band rehearsal, um, I had a, I had an emotional moment. You have no clue about this. I, I had um, several emotional moments with uh, the hymn song of Philip Bliss um, because my, uh, my father-in-law, well, my, my, uh, my, my husband's grandfather and father and brother and, and uh, our, our nephew are all Philip Bliss. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had never gotten to play on a hymn song of Philip Bliss, and this was the first time. And then um, it just, I started playing, and it just was like, it hit me. My, my father-in-law had a very brief battle with cancer. It was, it was like a few months. And uh, so after, when he passed away, it was just kind of like, you know, it meant something entirely, on a hymn song of Philip Bliss, means something entirely different to me than it does to, to you know, the average listener. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, the first time I got through it, I was essentially sight reading on stage because I had not gotten through the piece without bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and so I was like, <sighs> I was like, this <laughs> I but I had a I had a wonderful conversation with Jan Duga she said you know it's her responsibility sometimes to give the folded flag um, to families and she said she she holds it in she wants to she wants to, to do she wants to, to honor that family um, and so she's like you can do this you can honor your father-in-law you can get through this piece and so that's what I did. I just, I, I, you know, but, but, um, it's such a supportive ensemble that like, I totally, they didn't even know the first time I'm sitting here bawling my eyes out and no one knew the connection to Philip Bliss and I'm just bawling my eyes out and, and I just like, everyone's like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> they just kept uncovering me for me and, and we just kept going. And then, um, I bawled my eyes out again. And, uh, so I think I, Dorothy, when Dorothy started crying, and she was like, I'm sorry. And then I just didn't even think about it. I just said, it's okay. (laughs) 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 You know, we are here for you. The ensemble is so supportive and and, uh, lifts everyone up. I think it's the whole, that's the whole idea of the entire conference, just lifting everyone up. We didn't talk about Jen solo last night. Oh my gosh. So well. It was so beautiful. The so band sounded amazing with her. It was great. She's my superhero. Right. She's definitely my hero. I was watching her do her recital this morning, and I'm just like, you know, when I grow up, I want to be as cool as Jen. Yeah. 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 I've definitely said that to her. <laughs> Jen, Jen Oliverio is just, we were talking on the way over about how we just fangirl because she is just. And so she, she's so sweet and just so nice. And then she picks up that instrument and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, her, her, uh, her son was, was in uh, urgent care 
while she was playing night. the yes, show last yeah. night. <laughs> Double ear infection. Double ear infection. I'm so glad yeah. somebody, somebody opened, I hung out with her this morning, and uh, she goes, oh, yeah, before the ER, I got a cheeseburger or something like that. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm fine. And then just kept going all the way down. And I like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to like poke or pry. So I'm glad somebody <laughs> clarified like, that. What? Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. She, her, her son. Um, so we we had a moment backstage. I guess her son was was in the in urgent care, and uh, then I think moved over to the ER for a double ear infection. And then, and then my son uh, was my son puked I think ten times yesterday, and so like Adam, I think Adam thought that the show was done, and so he told me. <laughs> because he like tends to like hold off on things like that and so he told me and I was like what <laughs> and uh, so we're both sitting there like how's your kid and she tells me and she's like how's your kid <laughs> I'm like oh so uh, we kind of had we had that moment backstage and then we just we kind of mentioned about how like our support systems are so great that we can we we can put this aside and realize both of our kids are going to be fine. They're they're in good hands. Go on the stage and and do the job we need to do. Um, I have a little more explanation for last night too. Mm-hmm. So when she said ER, she was actually talking about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I I had to leave a little bit into the performance because I had to. I have some like medical stuff going on. Um, but Jen actually came to the ER right after Athena finished oh to come gosh. visit me. Uh-huh. And just having her as a professor, like I knew about Jen years before I met her because her husband Patrick was my co-tech undergrad. Mm-hmm. And I've just been fangirling ever since basically. <laughs> and then when the opportunity arose at Oakland, I was like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. And then, you know, a few months later, she's sitting right next to me and I'm in my little hospital bed and she's talking to me about like conditioning separate pieces and stuff. And she was just like having a mom moment with me. And it was just like really nice to be in such a supportive ensemble. And And that's so rare for a professor to just like need me. Especially at a professional conference where she's being targeted a bazillion different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised and Delighted and very nice of her yeah. to do that. I don't know, you kind of let me down. I'm very bad at doing that. But you kind of <laughs> let me down because I thought we were going to get some cool antiphonal stage cornet playing. That's what I was like, oh, she's going somewhere to do something. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I wish. I was like, are they, are they playing Pines of Rome or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I wish we were playing Pines of Rome. That would have been <laughs> <laughs> So I, I did, like, every single... Genu- <laughs> I'm not joking. So genuinely, every single time the door opened, because I was up in the mezzanine, every time the door opened, I was like, oh, my sure. <laughs> That's her. No, I, uh, I went back there to check out. So, <laughs> so is there anything, um, especially for the first timers, so is there anything you kind of picked up from this experience that you think you're going to take back to your band or just like some things that you learned while sitting in these sections that you're like, okay, and I'm going to steal this and this is how I'm going to do these things now? As an expounder, I'm going to let other people answer <laughs> I think, so this is my first time, you know, playing at a conference where, you know, everyone gets to music beforehand, and, like, the first, like, sight reading session is not really a sight reading session, it's supposed to be, you know, a rehearsal, and so I think taking back, like, what it means to, like, be prepared for 
a rehearsal or like that was that finally like clicked for me not that I don't prepare of course but it's you know it's just different when you go to something like this and like the expectation is just different you know the concert wouldn't have been possible on two days of rehearsal if you weren't prepared if you were like really sight reading for the first time so I think that was something yeah, that, that would really be that is a very professional exposure mm -hmm. that I wouldn't even think about that but yeah like because most of your experiences in collegiate ensembles, yeah. you, know, you know, and like that's how the pro world works. Is you get mm -hmm. you get mailed a binder, and yeah. yeah, you're expected to show up and play it, and that's that's mm -hmm. what you just experienced. Is that's what it is, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a, the preparation. You're right, completely changes. Yeah. Imagine if that would happen in college too. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I used to do I used to do stuff like that to my my studio when I was at Row, and I called them short studies, where you have two weeks here's this solo, get as much done as you can, because you're gonna study it. I think it's a, I think that it's really a, an area that our university system kind of neglects, because you either are sight reading when you're genuinely sight reading, or you're like, here's this solo, you have all semester. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's, n there's very little of that, what actually happens in the professional world, where you get the music, you have like two weeks, you know, you get the music maybe two weeks before the performance, you run through it twice, you do the show. Or a few times, you get the music, I'll, I'll see you on stage. We might get a little bit of a, a you know, touching up a few spots on, on a sound check, you know? Um, and everybody in the ensemble is going to complain about our early call time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was you know, so I, I think that that really is kind of like, I, I wish we had more of that preparation um, style in in college for for college students because that is that is what happens yeah. in in quote the real world you know are we in the real Definitely world <laughs> is this real life yeah. I thought it was really nice um, to be in an ensemble where we put together something really quickly and like everyone was very dedicated to getting that done um, being in school right now um, we've had brass band for months and we were working on kind of the same couple pieces just to get up to NABA. Um, so it was really nice to be in this ensemble that we could just get in there, get the work done. Um, I really love how um, our conductor, Jessica Panzer, like kind of creates that sense of community too. Like, you know, she's gonna get in there and get the job done, but also like everyone is there for each other to help each other. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. I was sitting next to Renee and she would help me with a couple little things and it was awesome. Oh yeah, Jessica was great. Her management style for just going through the rehearsals was great because we got everything done and we do what we do. And then we didn't have to use our last rehearsal, so that was amazing. But I think for me, um, because it was my first time with Athena and I've been wanting to do it for years, I had I reverted back to a mode that I don't like being in, which is very serious, very serious mm -hmm. face, no smiling. And then I got some feedback loops from like Jen and Jenna, my other bandmates, um, that you know, like, what's going on? You're not, are you okay? Are you, you're not smiling. And I'm like, oh, I need to bring that in. And just um, compliments, complimenting other musicians, getting compliments back. I think that's something I would like to do more, just take that to my band, you know, just kind of bring um, a lighter energy. That is a very unfortunate thing that doesn't happen in the professional world. It doesn't. It doesn't. It there's a very the um, I it just brought me back. I, I played uh, Omar Thomas's um, "Come Sunday," which is a wind band piece, mm -hmm. um, and there's a huge tenor sax 
solo in the middle of it. And the crowd erupted in applause before that. And so the band turned and also applauded. And it was it's, it's not the middle of a movement. It's not like one of those things. It's literally like 16 measures in and it's done and the piece keeps going and the crowd did not let us keep going. <laughs> and, 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 and like I was thinking, I was like, it's very rare that like so you, you hear like the cornet soloist just like rip on something and we like, even like the person sitting next to me goes, I did that. It's yeah. so it's rare. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so rare. And I'm so glad that that energy was moving. And people even said, hey, you need to do that. <laughs> like even then, because like, oh, that's okay. Like we can enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Yes, and, and accepting a compliment. That's something that I struggle mm-hmm. with, um, and and not instantly. <laughs> we, we didn't come here to be seen, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> and and not instantly like when somebody when somebody compliments me, my my instinct is to go back and say, yeah, but that one spot in my head, yeah. and and you know, like like it starts happening, and I'm like, nope. Just let it, just just take the compliment, just accept it at face value. Don't you know? Yeah, that's something. That's that's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. Yeah, the reaction is critique mode. It's like, well, it was all right because you had I messed up this, this, and this, right. and they have no idea. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I should just say thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to make it very dark. Uh, so my therapist, so I have to say, problem. My therapist goes, hey, you need a. Uh, why don't you just do uh, reaction therapy? So if somebody compliments you, you compliment them back instead of trying to be mm-hmm. like, helpful. Mm-hmm. Cool. But then it becomes like, oh, you played that solo really well. And you're like, great, I like your shoes. We have a list. We can cut any time that you feel comfortable. Well, do you, do you want to do, do you want to do your... I want to know if you want to do the question. <gasps> what question? We, all, we do we the question do of the week. Question. I want to make sure okay. this is still rolling. I'm doing the question of the week. So I want to know what everyone's favorite test piece is. Starting with me. I'll, I mean, I'll go first. My mm. favorite test piece is Breath of Souls by Paul Lovett Cooper. I love it. We played it 10 years ago, and I've been wanting to play it ever since again. I have the music on my stand currently at home. <laughs> we're, we're not playing it anytime soon, but I love it. What do you guys want? Fragile Oasis, Pete Beacon, Will Dukes. That was my last number with that one. <laughs> it's still, still my favorite. Oh, you're like, all right. We're going wrong. We're going this way. We're going this way. Um, oh, gosh. I can go many different directions with this. We've also played, probably played the most out of the uh, mania. Oh, yeah. Mania. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I could go in lots of different directions with this. I feel like one of the, the most, um, this isn't like my favorite to play. There, I could go in like the direction of like my favorite to play, my favorite li- to mm-hmm. listen to, or like the most influential on me. Um, and I think, I think I'm going to go in the most influential for me because, uh, it's, it's easier because also like I, my brain is kind of like drawing a blank on names because we're several days into a conference and my, I, my brain is not working anymore. But, um, I want to say, um, when I, I moved to the UK, um, and my uh, friends were like, "Hey, we're all we're all do- like the cheapest the t- the cheapest mode of transportation to get to the Royal Albert Hall. We're going to we stayed at a youth hostel and we like we we um, we got stranded in I think Birmingham on the way back because we needed to stay for the awards 
and then we missed our train and then somebody's dad had to pick us up and drive us back to Manchester and it was just a huge mess but we all did it um, so that we could listen to music for Battle Creek because um, that was what they were playing that day uh, for the championships and that was um, so just just being in a new country and that was the first time that I had really left the RNCM and left Manchester and traveled around with my new friends so that's why I'm saying it's not like necessarily like my favorite piece compositionally or my favorite to play because I've never played it but in terms of, in terms of influence to go to the Royal Albert Hall and buy your score and follow along and it was like this this is it <laughs> like, I am I am in love I've only really been doing brass band since like February so <laughs> I am not very familiar with um, test pieces very much um, so this is kind of a cop-out answer but um, we, we played talus variations for our um, mm -hmm. test piece for NABA and I had a really nice time playing that um, I got to play flugel which was wonderful <laughs> um, and learning about Talos, like the person, was interesting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I also haven't played a ton of test pieces. I think just thinking about overall experience um, before you know COVID stopped Nava a couple years ago, we were working on Titan's Progress, and the oh, Corey yeah. band had come through um, in the fall before, and they played it. And I just remember sitting um, in the Forbes Center, just all of us who were in the band, just absolutely like blown away. And that was like really like inspiring to start like really like getting in and working on it. So I'll, that would have to probably be my answer. That's championships actually yeah. next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you like it now, <laughs> you're gonna hear it next year. Well, I said, hey, thank you all so much for coming, yeah. hanging you. out, and hey, doing this, and taking the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.